When I was riding over here, I saw this guy riding a bike, and I'm noticing it more. It's this weird trend where people ride bikes with these giant, giant frickin' tires. Yes, I like, knew you were going to say that. Not yeah. mountain bike tires, but practically like Balloon. motorcycle tires, like huge tires, monster yeah. truck tires. I know, I know. And yeah, and some cars are getting them too. It's like, what's with that? I don't know. Maybe it enhances, maybe they're like, we're going back to those bouncing The bouncing things, things yeah. But with it, like, at least with a car, like it doesn't affect your exertion, right? You have to like pedal really hard if you've got giant yeah, but thick now. tires like that. But now with all the bikes, everybody's biking. They have like they've gone back to the old style that they had when I was a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the sit up and beg bikes. Yeah, yeah. Why are they doing that? I think because you know what I'm thinking about getting one of those uh, kind of city bikes because I have a, a touring bike which is sort of it's not like a racing bike but it's it's a little heavier than that, yeah. a little bigger, but it's pretty fast and when you're riding in traffic, in some ways it's not actually ideal to be going that fast because. The temptation is just to go whipping along and really you should be probably moderating your speed a little bit. Yeah. And also I just feel like I want to be higher up, like I want to be sitting straight up rather than um, yes. forward a little bit just to have a little bit more visibility and stuff. So yeah. that, that's my thinking about no, it. No, it was just the loss of the handbrakes. I was astonished. Like I've seen Oh, you mean people are doing like brake reverse the kickback. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. And yes, and no gears. Yeah, no gears is... Been, been, been around for a while. Yeah. I had one of those. Oh, my God. You just go up Mount Pleasant once with one of no, those. Fine if you're going east-west, but if you have to go north-south so, in Toronto, that's yeah, not the way you I want to I think so. I'm getting yeah. off, and I'm walking. <laughs> okay, I found this. Well, first of all, I'd never heard of this um, skyscraper competition. I must confess, I have never heard of the... Evolo um, Architecture Magazine. Have you? No, but you know more about architecture than I do. So, Well, clearly not, because I hadn't heard about this. But I did see this, and it just grabbed me. Hole in the ground wins skyscraper competition. <laughs> I'm just going to read you the very beginning of it, because it's, it's, a, it's hooky. Imagine standing on the edge of New York's Central Park and looking down into a 1.3 square mile sunken expanse of mountains and lakes. That's the award-winning concept that was dreamt up by Yitan Sun and Jian Sun Wu. And they've envisioned digging down to the bedrock of the park to create a more natural landscape. Yeah, I love the audacity of it. I mean, the idea that you would <laughs> just excavate one of the most famous parks in the world. Don't get rid of it. Yeah, dig it up. Yeah, yeah. Let's it's say. Kind of, yeah, let's. I think you know, probably uh, this is conceptual. Not ever going to happen. But it was like it was an interesting uh, sort of notion. Although it didn't, when you looked at the images, it didn't look like there was a lot of like vegetation or trees down there. It seemed to be mostly about like these mountains that were sculpted out of the bedrock. It seemed to appeal to rock climbers and I don't know. No, you couldn't ski in there unless they put some sort of a dome over it. (laughs) (laughs) But what was the thing? There's something around the perimeter, like some kind of glass around the perimeter or something? 
Yeah, because a lot of the trick is done with glass and it's done with light. So it makes it look like there's even more light in there than there naturally would be. It refracts it down. Just before we I will go back to this hole in the ground wind skyscraper competition, I've been getting involved with a lot of that in Toronto with the condos and what's happening with the towers. And what they've decided in Toronto is, is that they have completely outlawed any more of these big um, block apartment buildings like the kind I live in hmm. you know, that are, I don't know, like maybe 20 apartments long and maybe 15 to 20 stories high. Right. And now there's these great, huge vertical towers. They're very, very tall Very now. tall. Like yeah. this one here that you're looking at, for example, is 65 stories and the other one is 45. But they're all curvilinear and nothing. They will look at nothing now at City Hall unless it meets these types of design requirements. So the idea is that the footprint is smaller? The footprint is smaller and it also allows for wind. The thinking is is that it will allow for more wind to move through it a little bit more effortlessly without okay. the blocking So you don't get the effect. wind tunnel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back to this hole in the ground wind skyscraper competition. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of like looking into the Grand Canyon, wasn't it? It was certainly... Intriguing. Although, I mean, I thought, well, really, you know, we're in an era where we need, I mean, we have climate change. We need the lungs of the planet. We need trees and vegetation. We don't need a hole in the ground. But maybe I just couldn't see that there was a lot of vegetation down there. I don't know. But the ones that I really liked a lot were the second place. Did you see the hive? This was really cool. And and actually something that you think this is a problem that's going to need to be addressed. So I thought it was really clever that they were thinking ahead to this. Yeah. And anyway, the second place winner was this thing called the hive. And it's a central control terminal for commercial drones. To you and me, a place where they can be docked and charged. Like, Mm -hmm. to speak in the movie terms, fifth element. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, we're going low. Yeah, and the hive um, metaphor really works because it is like bees going back to the hive. Because we're going to have to think about, like, what? <laughs> and we're going to have some kind of centralization of all of these freaking drones going everywhere. Yeah, and they'll have all these different levels where all of them fit, depending on the size of the drone and what it's used for. They've even got a location for it. It's at 432 Park Avenue. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I it wonder says if the, the people hive, at 433 the... Park Avenue know that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it says the hive would allow for surrounding areas air zoning to be shaped for drone traffic. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that like, again, to fifth element, like to cars? Like yeah, just yeah, that, yeah. that is going to be our new travel space. The other one that was really cool was something that's going to be in Iceland, and it's the data tower. Because let's face it, we're getting more and more and more and more and more data annually, and where are we going to store it? So these guys came up with the idea, or guys and gals, of um, a vertical data center. So it's basically like a, a server farm, right, essentially? But yeah, it's well, a it giant goes up. tower. Like, yeah, yeah a, a, a great big giant tower. And it says it's powered cleanly, and it costs very, very little to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is to use the geothermal power that they have in Iceland. That's right. And also that it's fairly cool there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, they have also a lot of hydropower there, too. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought they were really uh, cool, interesting designs. And they're also, they're very nice looking, so it's worth um, checking out the links it, at, uh, it, it on really your phone is. or thesniffer.net. The one thing that I do, do think about, like, even when you were talking about the uh, redesign of skyscrapers in Toronto and in other cities is... You know, that's great and all, but I still feel like what it really comes down to is the space between the skyscrapers. And I still feel like, you know, at the street level, there is still this level of like 
lack of humanity and a lack of like basic street level life. Like, you know how people in Vancouver talk about Vancouverism, right? How you have like, you might have these skyscrapers, but you have stuff going on that's like two or three stories connecting it. So there's something that's like human scale, human scale. for the people who are walking there, which I think, I don't know if we've really addressed that. This is a, a project that I'm working on, and it, it's in Toronto. It's really close to the Eaton Centre. And the first seven stories are all going to have open space of cafes and little park areas. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and we're really pushing to have a park that's going to continue running um, from the Wellesley subway station down through to the next metro stop. Hmm human scale. <laughs> oh, this is a fairly short story. It's a thing called Explain to Me, and it's a service it's interesting. Um, where you just plug in the URL of an article that you know you have the link to, but you haven't really read yet. And it uses this um, automatic kind of text analysis called text rank in order to tell you essentially whether it's worth reading the article or not, and tries to kind of like basically summarize it in a short little bit for you before you decide whether you want to weigh in and put in the time to read the article. So when I first read this, my initial thought was, oh, it's another sign of the decline of civilization, how we're like so click happy that we can't actually just commit to actually reading something with a lot of like assurance that this is going to be worth your time. But at the same time, I thought, well, you know what? If it's the kind of thing that can actually get you to read something longer because you have a sense of like, this is worth my time, then maybe it makes sense. And I was also thinking that like so many of the things that I see that I think I might want to look at, I get in a decontextualized way now, right? Like there are links that I see on yeah. Twitter or whatever. I subscribe to The Atlantic, for instance, um, the paper version of The Atlantic. And if I get the magazine, I might not be interested in a particular article, but I know that every single article in that magazine is going to be well-researched and well-written because it's The Atlantic. Yep. Whereas you don't necessarily know that. So I think there is a value to this kind of service. And that's what we're all trying to do is winnow out all the crap, right? Yeah, I ran a test on it. That was basically, you know, um, Justin Trudeau is in China right now. And they had an article. And so I took the URL, and it actually, it works. It's really easy. You just take the URL, and you cut, and you paste it in, and then you hit it. And within three seconds, it had summarized it, like a good editor might. And it seemed to do a fairly decent job. Mm -hmm. So you felt it gave you an idea of whether you need to read the whole article or not. Yeah. But again... I still didn't read the original article, so I don't know if what the computer gave me was oh, crap or not. So you only read the summary. You didn't read the actual No, article. I wanted to see how okay. fast it did yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got kind of cheated, but it was a little bit. But, uh, no, I just That's wanted to see funny. sort of how fast it worked. Right. And it seemed, and I did a very fast scan myself of the article mm -hmm. to hit as I normally would. It did as good of a scan as I would have. Right, really interesting. Yeah, That's Yeah. There was an, a study that came out a while ago that said that something like 59% of people are essentially sharing links of news articles without having not even read to the end of it, without having actually read the article. It's like people are looking at the headline and the little subhead and sharing it, right? So even the people who are recommending it are not actually reading it. So we have to find some way to get... Well, I was thinking about that because in your notes, and I thought, you know, I get run across things like that all the time. And then I, what I do is, is it's not necessarily that I want to read that article, but I go instantly, oh, that is something that Nora would be interested in. Mm -hmm, Bing, mm -hmm. I just forwarded it. I don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, somebody else, which right. I think is one of the most fabulous things about the internet. Things can, you know, be dispersed mm -hmm. far and wide. 
I know this is a bit wool gatheringly, but just on a oh, that's final a good wool <laughs> just on a final Open note, the wand. <laughs> I had a week this summer with essentially no internet access. I checked my email very briefly, but basically I had no e- email access. I had no internet access for a week, and the difference that it made in terms of the how calm I felt and how centered I felt was incredible. I mean, yeah, I was on vacation, but I was on vacation for the rest of the time too. And the main difference was that I had internet access. I think there's actually a mental health consequence that we're not really taking very seriously about always having something to respond to, always having to keep up with your social media feed, always having to check your email. Like that, that actually that over the long term, I think that that is, might be creating a low level anxiety or maybe this is me. No, I agree with you entirely. Remember a couple of years ago, I was in um, northern Italy, and I wasn't allowed to use my uh, then-partner's phone and at all. So I had absolutely no access hmm. to the Internet or email or anything. And at first, I went berserk. And then after about a day or two, I calmed down, and then I really started to enjoy it yeah. like in a deeply profound calming way yeah is that how you found it yeah i mean i was also sitting on my ass most of the time so i was too i was reading a real it, book yeah were you reading or were you just uh, quite a bit of reading and quite a bit of splashing around in the sea and stuff that's good for the soul absolutely we should be able to splash around in the sea all the time check out the links on your phone or at the sniffer.net and we've got links to all these stories uh, and more bye bye let's eat Yay!